you Yeah, yo There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here by that I'm behind you But always got you, end the discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, hopping down, cause feeling's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all. The story contained in the following auditory experience is free of sex, drug references, drug dealers, guns, gangs, pimps, prostitutes, and twerking. Although the title of this tale contains a hip-hop reference and the story largely taking place in an urban setting, this is not to be classified as urban street literature. We prefer that it be more aptly classified as hip-hop fantasy. My word is born 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 The Chronicles of a Hip-Hop Legend, Paths of Grand Wizardry. Written, produced, arranged, and narrated by D.D. Turner for the Turner Scribe Publishing Group. Original music composed and produced by The Passion Hi-Fi for Evil Twin Records, UK. Kwame Harris for Successful Tones Publishing. Kyle Owens for Impact Records, Fresh Air Management. I now give you the Chronicles of a Hip-Hop Legend, Paths of Grand Wizardry. Chapter 7. HBX-1 sat stiff as a board in the front passenger seat of Feedback's tricked-out Dodge Charger. Patches of flesh remained dangling from his face, and the smell of searing flesh still lingered. Dahlia maintained a driver's seat, even though the auto-driver function was activated. You alright? That looks like it hurts, Dahlia inquired of HBX-1, while examining the synthetic skin patch hanging from his emotionless face. My model-type sensory awareness voids the comprehension of pain or any other physically uncomfortable instances. HBX1 generally and plainly stated, This kid is a freaking egghead. 
feedback outwardly expressed from the comfortable and immaculate confines of his car show worthy back seat. An AP student, consistently on the honor roll, debate team captain, this list doesn't stop. He continued while cycling through Chris's academic records using his proprietary Omnipatron. I don't think we should waste too much energy on this kid. Did you see how he copped a plea? Besides, I'm sure the new soldiers bodied him. Last I saw, he was tumbling over. Timber! Dahlia joked, positive that Chris's ability to create opposition for their anti-hip-hop movement was nothing more than a fluke. And that thing was stock. Why did you summon Osra? I mean, you didn't have to take him out like that, Dahlia remarked regretfully. Feedback's eyes had been concentrating on the Omnipatron screen until Dahlia brought up stock. He sat quietly for a couple of seconds, basking in a state of awkward feeling over the occurrence with stock. But these feelings were quickly overshadowed by a sincere rage when he thought about the failure of their resident scientist, Dr. Minga. I've got a fishbone to pick with Minga as soon as we get back. That sucker's gonna feel my wrath. He got our butts flapping in the wind like we're a couple of diaperless babies. What if that little egghead sucker tried to pull that stuff on the rest of us? He alarmed angrily over the successful electrocution of HBX-1. The red and white two-tone Dodge Charger cruised the long stretch of road towards the HHD headquarters. The flawless shine of the 22-inch chrome rims and the spotless body of the vehicle under the moonlit sky created an image that was worthy to be captured by a still portrait. The location of the HHD compound was concealed by what appeared to be nothing more than a colossal-sized dirt mound. The understanding of the people that lived in the nearby neighborhood was that the location previously served as a trash dump for the entire metropolitan area and got its size as a result of decades' worth of compiled trash in plain disregard. The talk of small levels of methane seepage also became a concern, and naturally, fear overtook everyone in the nearby neighborhood. The chance of someone venturing to explore the frightful mountain was extremely slim. Thusly, an opportunity for Roger Feedback Cromwell to put his financial resources to work was spawned. He came to admire the mountain. It provided the perfect seclusion. It bragged of an enormous size, and most importantly, albeit inanimate, it created a sense of fear in people. Secretly, Feedback shelled out large amounts of money to administer tests on the composition of the mountain. To his pleasant surprise, the test proved to be contrary to what the stories had come to tell. The mountain posed no chemical threat. In fact, it had been nothing more than years and years of soil sedimentation by way of erosion framed upon a huge hollowed limestone core. Leave those suckers in darkness. I don't want anyone knowing about the truth of this mountain. If they think the mountain is a methane pit, let's run with it. That'll keep me from having to split wigs because of people snooping around. Feedback reason to a crooked EPA inspector named Homer Zartino. And for a healthy cash kickback and the chance to continue living his life, Homer reinforced the false perception of the people by maintaining that the methane seepage was in fact true. Feedback's auto-show-worthy vehicle came to an end of its journey at what appeared to be an abruptly cut-off road. It appeared as though a huge dirt mass was lifted by a mega-sized crane and placed dead center in the middle of the road. Within seconds, the sound of cranking gears from a rising bay door began to overtake the silent, 
pitch black, chilly night air. The conclusion of the mobile gears cranking session revealed the continuing road and a dimly lit tunnel that traveled well into the confines of the large dirt mass. Continue, Dahlia spoke nonchalantly. The tricked-out charger glided into an automatic acceleration and entered the tunnel. The bang of the heavy door closing back created a short vibration, which caused Feedback to turn in his seat and look out the rear window. Can't we get that adjusted? He openly inquired about the door. I'll have a facility HBX robot check it out in the morning, Dahlia responded. Just a couple of seconds into the winding tunnel, they came across a hanging metallic sign that read, The Quarter Compound. This was the official name of the Hip Hop for Destruction headquarters. After several more seconds of riding, the vehicle came to a full stop in a large room that resembled a small auto show. On each side of the high ceiling room, five exclusive parking spots with ground-painted monikers along with the respective car-held position. Dahlia, Feedback, and HBX1 exited the luxurious belly of the two-tone charger, and with the press of a button on a keypad that rested in the palm of Dahlia's manicured hand, the complimentary vehicle burst forward in acceleration and flawlessly reversed into what appeared to be an exclusive parking space mark, charger, two-toned on chrome. As one unit, The trio made their way across the room's marble floors towards an elevator and descended into the bowels of the compound. At the lowermost level, the elevator doors opened to reveal another enormous room, clad in plush furniture, imported art, and a large-screen television that ran the full height of an over-12-foot wall. Advancing into the immaculate sub-realm, the at-home b-boy killers walked across a Persian-style rug, which instead of brandishing its signature pattern, illustrated the hand-woven face of Feedback. Oh, so pretty, Feedback remarked as he stared down at his embedded likeness. The rear, right-hand side of the sprawling den's corner allowed for a gourmet kitchen, which was fully equipped with two stoves, a commercial-sized glass door refrigerator with a drawer-style commercial freezer, ample, genuine redwood oak cabinetry, Four sinks, all fit with chrome high-end fixtures, and every other accoutrement that would make a master chef burst at the seams with glee. The three continued past the kitchen and made their way down a granite stone short corridor and through a set of automatic glass doors. The opening of the glass doors revealed a glass-covered dome structure that was equipped with an Olympic-sized swimming pool. The undisturbed water illustrated the HHD logo, as a tiled inset on the floor of the pool. On the outermost perimeters of the pool's walkway lay several bordering palm trees and indoor vegetation sprouts, lounge chairs, and full-service bar. This glass ball of recreational beauty proved its functional purpose as it overlooked a room filled with an army of rested HBX models. Similar to the position of the hypnotized crowd just hours before, the HBX models appeared as though they were simply awaiting a hip-hop destruction plan from Feedback. Stand right here. Don't move. Feedback expressed to the tattered HBX1 as he gestured to a general position on the floor before continuing over to the bar to fix a late-night cocktail. Well, I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. I'll see y'all in the morning, Dahlia confirmed. With a dismissive wave of his free hand, Feedback acknowledged the notice of Dahlia before turning around to look out over his army of titanium titans. Down below, weaving in and out of the motionless HBX models, 
was a short, stout man with an olive complexion. In his hand, he held a scanning device that he pointed at a specific location on each one of the cyborg's backs. This man appeared to exude a certain level of frumpiness by virtue of his scotch-taped, horn-rimmed, seashell-colored glasses and untied shoelaces. Atop his bald head laid several extremely thin strands of remaining hair that served absolutely no purpose. The mustache perched upon his top lip lacked grooming and appeared as though a congregation of black hairy slugs were holding court under his nose. His shoes appeared as though they'd been to hell and back. They leaned outwardly, confirming that he either walked on the sides of his feet or the width of his shoes was way too small. Mingo! Feedback screamed from above using the compound's intercom system. Dr. Ming appeared up to the glass ball with a squint, attempting to confirm what he already knew. Roger, you're back. Ming nervously responded while speaking into a handheld device that he pulled from the left pocket of his lab coat. Yeah, I'm back. Don't I live here? Where else am I going? Feedback sarcastically responded. Get up here right now. I need to talk to you. He continued. While walking to the elevator, Minga reasoned that Feedback's apparent rage may have been nothing more than a result of being exhausted. It was always tough to gauge the source of Feedback's anger because his overall disposition was always anger. During the several seconds on the elevator, Dr. Minga created and reviewed a mental checklist to ensure that all his obligations had been met. This was to serve as edification for the soft-spoken scientist that Feedback's anger wasn't a result of his negligence. When the doors opened to the glass ball, Feedback stood by the bar anxiously. With his back to Dr. Mingo, HBX-1 held his previously instructed position. What happened? The frumpy doctor frantically asked after advancing into the room and witnessing the physical condition of HBX-1. What happened? You're what happened, sucker. How can I be sure that me and Dahlia are going to keep our cabbages from being sliced when this robot can't even keep his own self from getting hit up? This mess happened at the club tonight. Feedback expressed angrily while violently removing the dangling piece of flesh from HBX1's face. Give me a cyborg that's going to do the job, or I'm going to have you doing the job for the cyborg. You'll be hitting the streets with us. I'm sure that your stumpy butt wouldn't like that. Feedback warned as he threw the removed patch of synthetic HBX flesh at Dr. Minga. Modifying the HBXs to make them stronger is going to require a bit of work. I have to recalibrate, test, and make modifications. This can take weeks, Dr. Minga expressed while showing signs of stress. Feedback shot a glance at Minga out the corner of his eye and calmly made his way over to the fireplace. Minga, I have to get out on the street to further this cause. By the way, you were right about that kid. He's actually the sucker that did this to HBX-1. I absolutely need your help. Feedback spoke calmly while making his way back to the location of a still-standing HBX-1 with an iron fireplace poker in hand. The doctor appreciated Feedback's rare kindness and oftentimes found himself willing to accommodate the pleasant side of the fiendish villain. The crashing sound overtook the quiet room. Minga immediately looked toward Feedback and HBX-1 to see the sharp point of the poker buried in the titanium skull cap of HBX-1. The previously distressed HBX-1 was now fully disabled. His solid frame lay upon the concrete pool walkway, all the while violently twitching. 
The stiff iron poker remained lodged in his artificial cranial cap and provided the exit point for shooting sparks and bursts of flame. An arrow warning displayed across his chest and became progressively lighter in representation with each burst of flame. The final burst was louder than the previous and released a purplish spark that scorched the gray-tinged concrete. The lifelike eyes of HBX-1 dilated permanently, and the display screen that occupied his chest went completely black. Feedback crouched down beside the lifeless cyborg, removed the poker, lifted the rear of the disabled HBX-1 shirt, removed a microchip that read HBX-1 programming module, and threw it at Minga. I swear on the powers of the ruling son of Anwar, you have exactly two days, feedback demanded of Dr. Menga before kicking the powerless HBX-1 in disappointment and retreating to his wing within the concealed HHD domain. The frumpy composition of Dr. Menga fell limp. He maintained his silence, and his beady eyes stayed focused on a specific area of the pool's walkway from behind his smudged bifocals. He let the anger-driven action of feedback cycle through his brain for several seconds and then realized that this hip-hop killing cause was far bigger than any single person, or cyborg for that matter. And for this reason, the value of the effort was deeply rooted in the various applications and not the people nor their devotion. The HBX models were merely put in place to serve as facilitators for the intentions of the cause. They were expendable. And perhaps the humans working alongside Roger Feedback Cromwell were too. signal is having problems so i'll make this quick i wanted to personally thank you for listening and also wanted to take this opportunity to inform you of some upcoming items for starters there is a second book in the series as well as subsequent installments you didn't think that i would bring you to the cliff's edge and not provide you with a parachute or gliding device check out for the second book in the series entitled cypher and the lost relic of pangea's core set for release late 2014 or early 2015 Visit chroniclesofahiphoplegend.com to see information on book two. Visit the Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend on Facebook and hiphops underscore wizard on Twitter or Instagram to receive new developments and information on the series. Also, keep an eye out for the Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend merchandise. From stickers to t-shirts, we'll have an array of items for you to represent the series and the cause of Chris Cypher Ellison. Uh oh, seems like the signal is compromised. Can you hear me? Hello? Hey, yo, can you hear me? Man, sounds like feedback may be close. I gotta bounce. Until next time, fam, this is Dee Dee Turner. Out, 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 out. So for you, yeah, yeah. 
there whenever it matters And even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you Here but that I hum behind you But always got you End the discussion Nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders For what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world Until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever So don't ever you fret Know that you covered Not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you Fully loaded, prepare you For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you But still in all, give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown And since the baton was passed, I've been down Cause feeling's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all My message to any dad, man, first off, know that yeah, it, it is a hard job But it's the greatest job in the world I wouldn't trade it for anything I wouldn't change anything about it Everything you're doing from here on out, if it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.